Okay, so this morning we get to have to hear from three wonderful ladies, Beth Lowen, Susie, and Amy. They will be up here sharing. So our theme this week is the faithfulness of God. If you hadn't noticed in the songs, just, just if you didn't pick up on that, just want to just point that out to you. Um, but this comes as a result of two. Um, I know many of you knew that I went through a really, really deep, dark time for three and a half months, started in, in December. And there were days where I didn't know how to get through my days. And I know many of you have been praying for me. Many of you have been my prayer partners during this. But what, what I have just pondered about really much is before this all happened, I had a dream. And in my dream, I'm sitting in the front and Chris says, it's your turn. And I says, no, I don't have anything to say. Like, he's like, no, no, you have something. You need to go up there. I'm like, okay, I should at least try to find a scripture. So in my dream, I'm trying to open my, my, my Bible and trying to find a scripture. And I can't find anything. All I hear very loud is John 10.10. 10. And then I wake up. So John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and let me have it more abundantly. And little would I know that that's the scripture that would carry me through the next three and a half months. And almost every morning I would just get up when I did not feel it whatsoever. I would just say, none of this is for my destruction. Nothing will be robbed. Nothing will be destroyed. There will be no, no death involved. All of this will serve for God's glory and for greater life in me. Is that not the faithfulness of God? And that is what he's, how he's taken me through for the... And guess what? I would have never believed that within three weeks he would completely pull me out of it and has given me life abundantly. Just incredible. Um, and as we were singing the song, the Father's arms are open wide and I come running. One of the days when I was been in Chatham, one of a really difficult test. It was so difficult. I, had just, I didn't know how I was going to make it through. And driving home, Jake was driving me home and I said... Do you mind if I just out loud just praise the Lord and tell him thank you for the things that, the good things that are in my life. And as I started thanking him just for so many good people in my life, how the Lord had just provided for me, I suddenly got caught up in a vision. This doesn't happen often to me. But I saw the father standing with his arms wide open and I saw me as about a seven-year-old just running to him, just jumping into his arms. But when I hugged him, I felt him literally on my body for about 20 minutes. I just felt him hugging me and I just wept. That is the faithfulness of God. And so this is what we, these women want to share with us today. We have called it um, God's faithfulness to everyday women. Um, because women are important to God as well, and we know that. And so let's, let's welcome these women to come on up here and share with us. They're strategically planning where they're sitting and not sitting because of the instructions that I told them. <laughs> oh, so welcome, ladies. Just so excited to have you here. As Pastor Chris asked me if I would do the service on this day because he would be gone, and I just started praying, Lord, who do you want to hear? Who do you want the congregation to hear from? And I just slowly, over time, these different people came to my mind, and I thought for sure actually all three of these would say no. Because they don't love being in the, in the limelight. They don't like that at all. They love the, the private life. But as the Holy Spirit stirred within them, each one of them said yes. And I'm just so grateful for you guys, each one of you. I highly respect. Um, you have a life that is very um, God-fearing. That they just, just a hunger for more of God, to serve God, to live for the Lord. And so let's hear from them. I'm going to be asking them questions, and they will be answering so, we'll see how far we get. All right. Um, your first question, the first question is, um, 
Tell us briefly who you are, especially as it relates to you as a woman. Example, mom, wife, sister. Okay, I get to go first. (laughs) I'm Amy Gerard. Um, I am a sister and an aunt. Um, I'm the wife to Rick of 34 years. Um, I'm mom to three boys and now three daughter-in-laws. And I'm the nana to two boys, two girls, and one on the way. I'll start with I'm a daughter, and this is my first Mother's Day without my mom. Um, I'm sure um, there are many of you in that same situation, actually, today. I'm a mom of two daughters, and now a mother-in-law. That's not a joke, being a mother-in-law, that's okay. Um, And now I think I'm in a really great season of being a grandma to four. I have... um, two grandsons and two granddaughters. My name is Susie Wall. I am uh, the wife of uh, Ben Wall for nearly 12 years. I am the mother of three kids and also uh, the caregiver of my sister. And last but definitely not least, a redeemed, blood-bought, adopted daughter of the King of Kings. So good. So I gave him this question. It was a little bit hard, but I would also like you guys to think about this question for yourself. So the question is, what do you love about the way God created you? That is an interesting question. It's one of those that I've actually never really given all that much thought to. Um, And as I was praying about it, um, I realized that, you know, as a as a woman that often, um, especially when reading in Genesis and how it says that Adam was created first and then Eve, I feel like sometimes we get to um, a place to where we think that, well, you know, maybe we're less than, you know, because, well, clearly God had priorities and he made Adam first and then now here you are, a little bit of the leftovers. (laughs) Um... But something that the Lord showed me as I was reading it is the fact that the woman was created second, it wasn't to show that she was of any less value or authority. Um, It was to highlight the fact that it was not good for the man to be alone and that she was created as a highlight for her necessity. And... As I pondered upon that, it's, it awestruck me that we can get so easily so wrapped up in what the culture portrays us as that we forget what God's design is. And so I would say the being created second is an honor. And it serves as an incredible value to the kingdom of God. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) What do you love about the way God created you? (laughs) We all have very different answers. That's okay. We are very different individuals. I would say... 
um, I have a temperament that's even keel, which has been a blessing to me throughout my life. Um, I would say there's an exception to that when it comes to my kids. Then I can be a mama bear. <laughs> or um, even with my mom in the last few years as she was in the Mennonite home, I, I took a protective role over her for sure. Um, I have to say, um, I love the way God made me that I'm open to his gentle nudging. Um, I'm probably, he, he knows me best, <clears throat> that if I was hit upside the head over something, I'd probably break. <laughs> so he gently nudges me, and I appreciate that. I really like that I can see it and move on. I also love that uh, he created me to love design and beauty. And uh, it just makes my heart glad. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, I know as I, you know, being a hairdresser for many years, somebody once said to me, you know, that's, it's, it's vanity. And I remember just being really sad because I felt like God had put that in my heart. And I just really cried out to the Lord and I said, is it really vanity? And I really clearly through my thoughts, he just spoke and said, you are a chip off of the old block. What do you see that's boring that I created? It's like, whoa, yes, <laughs> I'm allowed to be creative. I can, I'm allowed to use color. I'm allowed to all of that. So that's exciting. Yeah, I love that part of, of him creating me in that way and him affirming me that way. So number three is what has been some of the best thing, what's one of the best things or some of the best things that has happened, experiences in your life um, that you've had and things that you look back and say, that was such a blessing. <laughs> okay, it all works around family for me. Um, Definitely that I have a husband who loves God. That's number one. And then one of the other blessings I had that came real clear was uh, living next door to my mom and dad. It's special. Yeah. Uh, they opened up a spot for us to build a house, and our kids had free reign to go back and forth, and it has been a blessing. And then the other thing was, we were called to homeschool our three boys. And it's not for everybody, but it was definitely a calling. Um, I resisted for quite a while. But once you surrender and trust God, it was um, the best thing we ever did. So those are the three. I combined the two questions, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Because so it's just, just as we just what she means the two questions because the next question is what is one of the hardest things that you've ever been through and that you would not have made it through um, and how did God help you through it so she's going to combine the best and and the hardest. So the best is definitely becoming a mom when my two girls were born, but the hardest turns out to be the best as well, and so that's why I'm answering this question in this way. Um, the hardest time of my life when, was when my marriage was failing. And my husband left when my girls were one and four. So I was a single mom. I raised the girls as a single mom. Um, so being divorced was certainly not what I had envisioned for my life, nor being a single mom. And your dreams are shattered at that point. Um, but Psalm 68.5, that's the verse that I have clung to. 
where God says he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. So he was our provider through all of that time. Um, years ago, the government had a program called Manpower. You'd never hear that name for a program like that these days. <laughs> but um, Manpower was a program that helped um, people go back to school, adults go back to school. So I was blessed to go back to school and um, first to learn business. And then I was blessed again with a provincial program so I could go back again a second year and uh, get a general business diploma. And from there on, I went um, into the CGA program for accounting. And the reason I tell you that is because that's how God was a provider. He allowed me to go back to school and um, get an education so that I could provide for my kids. It's, it's definitely a God thing. That's a little bit of my story, but I will tell you um, a little bit about the empty nest. That's another story. Um, and when you're single and a, an empty nest comes around, it's not the easiest thing. But God is still there and he's still faithful. And I just have a little anecdote. Um, Deanna was home from university from Waterloo for a weekend, a long weekend. And um, we spent the day, we traveled, did, traveled around the county, did a few wineries, ended up in Starbucks in Windsor and played a game of Scrabble. And she's on the way home, leaving at the end of the day. And I started getting sappy because she's leaving again and the house will be empty. And she said, Mom, I wouldn't be this nice to you if I lived here. I had permission to tell that story, but it's also, it's also a way that God brings you back around and, um, and it's all good. So those were the best, the hardest and the best. For me, I would have to say definitely um, becoming a mom. That's been one of the greatest things of, um, of my life. And then it was also the first experience I ever had of you know, what an unconditional love meant. Because when our first, first daughter was about, you know, probably a year and a half, under two anyway, when she would first start to say, I love you, she just randomly, no matter what I was doing or, or where we were, she would come running up to me and she would always say, I love you, mama. And then she went off again doing her thing, you know. And it never mattered what kind of mood I was in or, you know, if I was giving her the attention or if I was doing other things. It was always, you know, those things didn't matter to her. And that's when God began to, to show me that, you know, that's how his love is for us. You know, it's at any moment, at any time, in any situation where from his standpoint, it's like, I love you, you know. And also... Uh, homeschooling. That's been another absolutely wonderful thing for us. Um, I used to never think that I ever would homeschool. I just, I didn't think that that I could. And my big thing was always like, well, I don't want to fail our kids. You know, it's like somebody else can teach them better than I can. 
And I remember the one time praying, and um, the Lord put on my heart, it's like, I've entrusted these children to you, and who has taught them how to walk and how to talk, and their ABCs and their colors and these things. And it's like, well, I have, you know, and, well, both my husband and myself. And so we started the homeschooling journey, and it's been an unbelievably rewarding experience. I mean, there's, you know, there's days that come with challenges, and especially, you know, when you're, you're raising a, ch a child that has many learning dif difficulties that you wonder, you know, am I doing all that I could be doing? Would they be better off going somewhere else? And it blows my mind how it literally never fails, how God will answer those very questions that I'm asking in my heart that my children don't even know about. The Lord will speak through them to answer those questions for me to where I'm reassured that we are doing exactly what he has called us to do. Since we're at that end, Susie, let's start with you then. What is one of the hardest things that you've been through where you would not have survived unless God had helped you through it? Um, there's been a few. Um, and I, as I was praying through this, um, I would have to say that the one, when our son was born, when he was um, with all three of our kids, um, well, with the first two, I had a very hard time. I was, I got very depressed. And with our first one, every time when I didn't know what to do, I would pick up the phone and I would call my mom. And she always knew, you know, if she was, if Chloe was crying, she would literally say, put the phone by her, let me hear her cry. Okay, okay? and then she knew what to do. And it worked every single time without fail. My mom was extraordinary, extraordinarily gifted in that. And then when our, our second, when we had our second daughter, It was less than a year after our mom had died, and, and she cried all the time for the first four months. And so often, I, I literally picked up my phone, I dialed the number, and then I realized that she wasn't there. There was times when my husband would come home from work, and. I would hand the baby off to him and I would tell him that I can't do this anymore. And then when our son was born, <coughs> but we made it through, and when our son was born, things were different. You know, I, I thought this time's going to be different. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. And up to two months, everything went good. And then all of a sudden it started to feel different. And then COVID happened and it kind of felt like everything just, just crashed down where I had never uh, dealt with anxiety before, and now I found myself every day, multiple times a day, in severe panic attacks to where I, I didn't know what to do. I had no, no control over it, and it just, like, it would just hit me at random times. And I was so scared of everything, like, what was going to happen to our children, what was going to happen to us, you know. And was this the end of the world? Where were we, you know, what was all going to happen? 
And, and I realized that a lot of that fear came from um, having our mom die when my, sister was, when my sisters were still so young. My youngest sister was only five, and she was like a magnet to our mom. It was her, her main person, right? And then seeing how hard it was for my youngest two sisters growing up without our mom, it was one of those things that I, I never wanted that for our kids. And here I was, I'm like, I wasn't really able to take care of them. And every day I'm like, what if this is never going to get better? What if this is never going to get better? And one day when I was reading in Matthew, Matthew 6, the Lord began to really, like it was one of those where the words just popped off the page. And I would like to read the whole thing out just so that I don't end up cutting anything out. So starting in verse 25, it says, For this season I say to you, to not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they are? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the, how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all, all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In that verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That has become one of those that I cling to anytime when worry tries to creep in or anxiety or fear of, you know, of the future or of anything to where, you know, the Lord is so good and he is so incredibly faithful and I don't ever want to forget that and the fact that he... He takes care of nature, and he's not just going to turn his back on us when we need him the most, right? In Isaiah 41, it's, it's a great chapter, but especially in verse 13, it says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. John 6, 67 and 68. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And that's been the thing, you know, any time when the enemy, because the enemy does come. And that's one of those things to where it's like, to whom am I going to go? You know, the enemy doesn't offer what Jesus does. He's a counterfeit. And, you know, what he offers, it might look like it is exactly what you need, but in the end, it's going to end up leaving you more empty than it ever did. So sticking to what you already know is true, you know. And that's why for me, it's, these scriptures have incredible value to my life because of 
how I have seen God come through over and over and over again. And it's just, there is no faithful. There is no one that compares to Yeah, that's amazing. He's been faithful. All right, Amy, what's one of the hardest things that you have been through where the Lord has helped you through? Uh, There's been a few, but um, probably um, I, I think there's a key thing going here. Um, when you have kids, um, that'll bring you to your knees quicker than anything, <laughs> whether it's you know their behavior or their health. Um, and that was true for us. Um, when our, our firstborn son um, was 12 days old, he was sick, and he ended up in the hospital for a week, and it was ongoing for two months. But I remember um, the first couple days, um, I was very unsure as a mom, new mom, didn't know what I was doing. And uh, so the doctors came in, they were going to do tests, and they were taking him down for a spinal tap on a newborn for meningitis. And as a new mom, I didn't know what meningitis was. I knew it was bad, but I wasn't sure. And so they took him down, and I'm sitting in the rocking chair looking at an empty bassinet and uh, trying to keep it together. And this lady comes in, she goes, are you okay? And I said, "Um, no, they just took him down for a test. I don't know, what's meningitis? And she goes, do they know he has that? And I said, no, they're just doing a test. And she goes, let's let's cross that bridge when it comes. And I looked at her and I said, so you're not gonna tell me? And she goes, let's cross that bridge when it comes. And I thought, great, it's that bad. So I went out in the hall, and I'm like, okay, Lord, you gave them to me for 12 days. I'm giving them back. (laughs) I'm surrendering him to you. And so that's what I did. And I thought, he's a good, good God, and I can trust him. And so I said, Lord, if you want me to have him, great. If you don't want me to have him, thank you for the 12 days. But I'm surrendering him back to you. And the peace came, and... It was another two months that we were in and out of hospital, but it turned out he was fine. And uh, um, so that was the first, that was probably God's first class for me on surrender and trusting him. And uh, I still lean into it. (laughs) It's amazing. It's those times when you know that it was only God that took you through it, that there was no other way that you got through it. And you just know his faithfulness. Um, My next question is, how do you best... So each one of us connects with God differently. Um, something that you know works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And, and just, I always say that God meets me most in front of my dishwasher. That's where I just hear him talk to me more than any other time. Um, and so that's just where I meet him. And so the question is, how, do you, how, do you, how and when do you best connect with God? Um, I would have to say I like to stay busy while I'm connecting with God, praying, talking to God. So when I'm running, um, I'm busy, and uh, I can really focus on him. And also, I clean houses, so when I'm cleaning houses and whatnot, um, I can really focus on him. I listen to Christian music, so I pray through the music. God speaks to me that way. And nothing humbles you more and puts you in the right um, position as cleaning a toilet. So... (laughs) Um, Julia introduced me to uh, a Bible reading program called the Bible Recap um, that comes with scripture and a podcast every day which I really enjoy 
um, and I look forward to getting into God's word every day um, using that program. But worship is a big one. Um, worship in music is a really big one for me. That's where um, my heart softens and I can hear the Lord. Um, also in nature. I love being outside. This time of the year is perfect. No bugs. And, um, God's creation, it's um, just evidence of God. Um, for me, I often call it the, in the chaos. And what I mean by that is, um, in the, the schoolwork and with, you know, the busy life of a toddler and, and all the things that come with being a mom and, you know, a stay-at-home mom with cleaning the house and keeping up with dishes and cooking and all, all of these things, um, one thing that, that I began to notice, especially after our son was born, um, before he was born, I would always sit, have my quiet time in the morning before um, the girls woke up. But after he was born, it kind of changed the schedule a little bit. And where, you know, if we didn't sleep well at night, I would have four different alarms set in the morning, half an hour apart, and I slept through every single one of them. And then when I finally did wake up, right away, you know, looking at the time, I woke up and I had that condemnation healing, you know. It's like I, I missed my time. With and that's when the Lord really began um, to help me see that how, you know, the way that I best connect with him is in the everyday, you know, in, in, in the doing, in the, in the chaos, really, that, like the beautiful chaos of, of all the things throughout the day. And when it comes to the schoolwork and... Um, helping our children, teaching them with our, and our busy uh, three-year-old. It's amazing to me that how often I find myself in it. Like it, it never fails. Never a day goes by where there's a moment where I don't just feel the tangible presence of the Lord and just such clear instructions on you know, how to handle this, how to go about this, and, and how to do that. It's, it's just, it's been one of those where, you know, I love my quiet time. I still... I still do that, but the main connection point for me and the Lord to where I just, I know I can lean on him, I can trust him, I can just rest in him is knowing that he's going to show up for me at any given time, in any moment, whenever I need him to where, you know, if I will just realize that, that he's there and I'd be like, Holy Spirit, I need you, Lord, guide me through this, and, and he does, it never fails, he shows up every single time. That's awesome. We're going to jump to the second last question right now. Um, that is, what is a scripture that is meaningful to you and why? Um, how much time do you got? Um, you got a minute and a half. Okay, then I'm, um, I'm going to uh, do Psalm 32, verse 8, that says that I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So that, for me, it really covers you know, every situation, and no matter where you find yourself, it's just always, I will teach you, you know, I will guide you, when you don't know, I will counsel you, and the, the absolutely beautiful thing about it, with my eye upon you, you know, he doesn't say, well, I'm going to turn my back, and I'm going to wave my hand, and hope that, you know, I get you where you need to be going, no, he's going to 
with his eyes upon us. You know, it's like he sees, he knows, and it's, you know, to, um, to partake in what the Lord wants to do and in what he wants to do. It requires us to do our part. And I think knowing that his eye is upon you is just beautiful. Amazing. His faithfulness always upon us, his eyes. All right, Beth, what about you? Well, I shared a scripture earlier, and that really is, um, has been so meaningful to me, that God is the father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. And following that, God places the lonely in families, which is really special. I think um, two other, I didn't know this was going to be about the faithfulness of God this morning. No, but... Uh, so often throughout scripture you read about the unfailing love of God um, and in my reading this morning it was Psalm 86 and it just talked about God's faithfulness and his unfailing love and that's beautiful okay Susan I'm sorry I no, have... no, we want the scripture come on I have a whole chapter it's um, for me um a life chapter for me is Psalms 19. And I'm just going to read it. Um, the heavens tell the glory of God, and the skies announce what his hands have made. Day after day they tell the story. Night after night they tell it again. They have no speech or words. They don't make any sound to be heard. But their message goes out through all the world. It goes everywhere on the earth. The sky is like a home for the sun. The sun comes out like a bridegroom from his bedroom. It rejoices like an athlete eager to run a race. The sun rises at one end of the sky and it follows its path to the other end. Nothing hides from its heat. The Lord's teachings are perfect. They give new strength. The Lord rules and can be trusted. They make plain people wise, which I need. The Lord's Orders are right. They make people happy. The, Lord, <clears throat> the Lord's commands are pure. They light up the way. It is good to respect the Lord. That respect will last forever. The Lord's judgments are true. They are completely right. They are worth more than gold, even the purest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even the finest honey. They tell your servant what to do. Keeping them brings great reward. No one can see his own mistakes. Forgive me for my secret sins. Keep me from the sins I want to do. Don't let them rule me. Then I can be pure and free from the greatest of sins. I hope my words and thoughts please you. Lord, you are my rock and the one who saves me. So for that, it just brings me at the beginning, declaring the glory of God. Just God is tangible to me. The middle part is his teachings and his commands, and actually it's the character of God. He's pure, he's trustworthy, he's eternal, he's um, sweeter than honey. And that just brings me to um, the declaration of who he is to me. He's my rock and my salvation, and um, I just, a repentance before him. That is beautiful. Worship team, if you want to come up as we answer a last question and play quietly, 
You're welcome to do that. So question number eight is, as we are in a difficult culture these days, and, and there's a lot upon us, and just, um, so the question is, ladies, what is your encouragement to the woman today when life feels really busy and sometimes just overwhelming? I'm still learning um, surrender and trust. He's a good, good God, and he is my only hope. And I go to great is God's faithfulness. And as I even thought about sharing that, I thought, okay, faithfulness in what? And I came to the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and the last verse goes like this, pardon for sin and a peace that endures, his own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with 10,000 beside, great is his faithfulness. I would say find your rest in the Lord. There's uh, there's oftentimes, you know, sometimes the holiest thing you can do is take a nap. <laughs> and also, sometimes a nap, it doesn't rest you emotionally or mentally, but the Lord will. When you uh, come to him and, you know, ask him, to give you rest. How, ask him to help you to find your rest in him to where, you know, even when you do the daily things, where you're doing that from the place of rest. And so it's like you work from the place of rest. You don't work so that you can rest. It For me, it has made all the difference. And also one other thing is um, that if you are struggling, if there is things that that just aren't making sense to you, I would really, really encourage you to write them down. Um, I, I personally have had some very powerful moments to where when I just, I didn't know, I would take my journal and I would write things down and be honest with the Lord, like really be honest with, you know, with where it's hard and where it doesn't make sense. And it's amazing to ha how the Lord will shine a light on exactly um, what you're missing or, you know, where to go. And another thing is know who you are in Christ and know that your identity isn't in your doing. Your identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. And anytime when we get the two mixed up, you're going to find yourself exhausted, overwhelmed. And when we are living in a place of overwhelmness and, exha and exhaustion, we are not benefiting our children or our husband or those around us the way that we could if we would live in the overflow. And we have access to the overflow. So let's not forget to ask the Lord. Jesus said that if we, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more won't God the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And so if you find yourself in a place where you just don't know, just ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. And um, the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through my own willpower and my own positive vibes. Whoop-dee-dee, right? Um, so what humbles me is Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. So he recognized where his strength was coming from and he leaned on that so he came 
that's kind of, you know, his resting place where, where he worked out of. And so that would be my encouragement to you. It's like, we can do all things, but it's through Christ. It isn't from our own willpower or our own, our own trying. Give these ladies a hand. We hope that you have been encouraged today. We hope that as these women have shared with some of their hard struggles and their just God moments and just that you will take that to heart. You know, um, Revelations tells us they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. It's really important that we testify. And so thank you ladies for testifying today.